Hey everybody, welcome to another Code Pen Radio. This is 361. We're calling Forking Problems. We're going to talk about the little tiniest, babiest feature ever that was requested and then shipped by us just recently that Shaw worked on. What was the what was the request? I mean, the most recent one. I'm sure we've gotten it literally a hundred times. Uh, yeah, we've we've probably heard this one before, but I, I just got tagged in a in a tweet by Cassie Evans um, over at GSAP, um, which. Uh, she does a lot of community work and, you know, uses code pin a lot and, and forks other people's pins and, and, you know, does, does a lot of things to, to help, um, other people using, using GSAP. So the fork feature is very important for her. And, uh, she tweeted a petition for, uh, allowing, uh, the fork button to open in a new tab, you know, Really simple request that right. uh, makes a lot of sense. You know, when I'm browsing around, I'll click on links, uh, either right click or you know hold down like Command or whatever to open them in a new tab. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense for that. Um, it does. I'm mean, and surely you know as far as customers that you want to listen to, Cassie's pretty high on the list. Not co- just because she's awesome, which she is. High five, Cassie. But like you said, her particular job is very fork heavy and you know it's for you know for a developer evangelist or something it's probably somebody it's just an example of like if you're running a business there's certain people's opinions that you like extra listen to when they ask you for something especially when they do it as politely and all that oh right yeah the the politeness is is key but it's also indicative if you know this power user is requesting this feature it's indicative that the community as a as a whole probably has has some kind of need there for that. Yeah. Uh, it, well, in her tweet, she she mentioned um, that she's uncertain when um, she's actually forked it or if it's uh, still working on the original. Like, what yeah. what's the status of it? And um, you know, that's that's a big problem there. So it's it's bigger than just like open this fork in a new tab. It is. And can't you relate? Like, I, I feel like oh yeah, there'll be times when I'm tr- intentionally trying to make like variations of a pen and I'll like click, I'll like be like, Oh, I'm so smart. I'm going to remember to hit fork now. So I'm not messing up the pre- the previous variation and then I'll hit it. But then I'm like, but did I though? Right. The, the only thing that changes is like the actual URL. Like <laughs> there's really not much of a indication that, that things have, have been forked and like, you're yeah. not, you're not going to mess something up. Uh, so that that's kind of the central problem here is like, did I actually fork it? Am am I working on the original or am I working on on uh, on a new one? Like, am I going to lose work? Um, exactly. Kinda... And I could see from the outside where you'd think, okay, well, yes, it should show open in a new tab. So maybe the user can just command click it then, or control click it in PC. Uh, maybe it's just there's <laughs> one particular problem with that and that that button you can't you can't meta. i mean you, you you can't because what i mean by command click and just open it in a new tab is that works for links right and it and it has forever and i'm a big fan of that actually yeah that's I a, even that's have a great blog interaction. post that's like 
and but I mean by big fan, I mean yeah, it's great that browsers offer it, but I think that it should always be a user consideration. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should go throwing around target equals blank on links willy nilly. No, this may have been a case where I would have actually used target blank or. Um, <laughs> this is like a new ism that I'm like, not ism, but like a new thing that I've been trying to do is like, like all in code pen, instead of using target blank, I'll put like target equals code pen documentation. It, it, <laughs> underscore blank doesn't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's not a special keyword. It just means like you should open in a new tag with that as like the programmatic title of the tab. Meaning that if you click the documentation link four times, it will just programmatically change that documentation tab. I know that's a little weird, <laughs> but uh, I think it's kind of a cool idea. Anyway, I maybe would have considered using target equals blank on a link like that because it does kind of emphasize the idea that, like you've done it. It really gives you a big check mark that you accomplished the action that you wanted and allows you to possibly go back to the other tab and you know, see the changes or I, I I don't know, but guess what? It's not a link, is it? Uh, yeah. So the, the whole forking process, um, is, is just uh, a bit more complicated. Like there's no, there's no just fork URL until like an actual fork is, is created because, uh, a fork is based on like the current state of the pin. Like if you're looking at somebody else's pin and you make you make some changes, um, you know, say you want to try out some different colors or add a library or fix a bug or whatever, um, you're not able to save somebody else's pin, but you can fork that pin with your changes intact. Um, yes, right. So there's no link to those changes until that fork is actually created. Yeah, they're just temporal. They just exist in the client only. There's no our database won't take them because you don't own it, right? So there, right. there can be no URL that represents those changes that you've made. So right. it's not a link. Uh, you know, not to complicate things too much, but if there was a way for us to like force a save and then use a url based method i mean maybe we would have considered that but i'm not even sure i like that from a ux perspective i kind of like the idea that you can go into a pen make a bunch of changes and be like you know what actually i'm gonna fork this instead of saving it yeah which i kind of like yeah and once you click that button that's essentially what it's doing like it's it's saving that as a new pin um just with a little extra metadata gives you a chance to abort that first pen changes though right uh, which is cool so so because of that because of this like unique thing where it plucks out the state of the pen and sends it off to a new you owned (laughs) pen that's a bunch of like javascript and server-side code interacting to make that happen thus it's a button not a link and thus you can't do the the old command click thing on it until shaw comes along apparently (laughs) well i was i was thinking about it like how how can we solve this and so i was looking at all the code and um one one interesting tidbit like if if you have a form that's submitting with like a button click you can do target blank on a form which is yeah, that's true. In- interesting, but our our fork setup is is not a form. It's not it's not handling things in that no, way. It, but you're it, saying if we could grab all that un- that unsaved state and chuck it into like a post request, 
Right. Then you, you yeah. could you could target blank a form submission, but you know, how would you do that dynamically like that? That's a whole nother set of problems. But just interesting to note, a form submission can can be in a new tab. Yeah, indeed it can, indeed it can. In fact, you know, it gets so nuanced that you could make like a button that submits a form, one of which opens in a new tab and the other one does not. Because you can even <laughs> You can control the form through attributes on the button element. You know, yeah. I just remember when I, back when I worked at Wufu and re- researching all this, like nuances of how forms work, gets pretty weird. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of special stuff. Even in like the JavaScript APIs, like you you get like the inputs mapped to like the form element. Um, it's yeah, that like serialization it does to the data. Yeah. Uh, well, so anyway, digging into how forks actually work on the on the pin, um, it's it's kind of a mixture because you know we we started Reactizing a lot of the website, so there's actually like a React button there that's rendered in the React footer um, that when it's clicked, there's some additional logic checking for like anonymous users and like all that all that kind of stuff, um, and then <laughs> that React button calls like a uh, ancient JavaScript class API around like pin saving sure. um, yep. the the specific like fork pin and current state um, method. Um, and so I had to kind of wade through with my machete and uh, and Indiana Jones hat to like figure out where this logic's coming from and like where the where the actual forking happens and like when we actually have a URL available to like open in a new tab. And it, it's all it's all very interconnected with like how how saving a pin actually works. So um, you know, like going in there to like try and make a change to it is, you know, very um very nerve-wracking. Um you, you don't want to know it was there because at some point the URL does just change in the so right. There's probably a like document.location equals or something in there. And right at that moment, if you're able to pass information as all the way from the click all the way to that moment, I guess you could decide whether you're going to document.location or window.open or whatever. Like you'd, you'd have a choice and you could theoretically open a new tab. That was your right <laughs> right but uh it's it's going through so many methods um and and like they're they're handling data in different ways some of it's asynchronous with like the ajax call and like the callback and all that so like how how do you get that data from one one point to another was was kind of the the biggest uh biggest hurdle to tackle um did, were you, did it was it hacky or were you able to like straight up pass the data in a sensible way uh, well, so so what I ended up doing. So you've got the React button um, in that in that like click handler for it. Um, I I check for the event dot meta key. Have you ever used that that value? Is, that, is it just true or false? Uh, right. It's it's just it's just like a true or false flag um, as to whether the user was holding down uh, the meta key, which on Mac is command, on Windows it's control. Oh, thank God, web platform. You didn't have to write a little <laughs> utility method to right. guess the correct key code across eight <laughs> platforms or whatever? No, nope, yes. just dot meta key. Wonderful. Meta, meta key, yeah. Uh, and, and so that that's on like keyboard events and mouse events and all that kind of stuff. Like if, if the user's holding down that, oh. that meta key, um, that that little flag is true. Um, so in cool. that so reality, you have button, the data. You just need to 
scoosh it along. And, and that React button, where it's calling like fork pin in current state, um, that that long um, method name um, for the pin API, uh, I just pass that flag directly through. Like, um, is that is that true or false? Um, and then uh, and then I had to move over to like the pin API and look at that uh, fork pin in current state method, um, taking that flag and just kind of moving it to uh, like a, a top level kind of flag in that class, um, mm. just a little private flag, open fork in new tab, basically. Um, just a little temporary flag that is only used for this method. And um, and then uh, later on when the Ajax uh, call actually finishes and we've finally got that URL for a fork, um, I can check that flag and use window.open instead of uh, location um, yeah. equals. Yeah. Um, and window.open, fairly safe these days? Or do you think people are going to... I guess you know what you're doing. So I'm imagining like a little pop-up coming in the URL bar that's like, this website is trying to open a new tab, allow uh, or disallow. Right. That Unfortunately, there's not really another way to like open so either, yeah. a new one unless you like created a link element and like added target blank and then like forced a click but like mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think browsers are also smart enough to like block that if if pop-ups are blocked as well um so uh, yeah window.open is really the only the only option there yeah i think so I don't somehow it feels like the operating system can do it like you want know, to go to the airport and connect to the wi-fi somehow magically it it's it, it's able to pop up this little window, even though you're like, I've never even been here before. How do you have permission to do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so you, you basically, you done did it. You, you yeah. it, now it behaves like a link, maybe not identically. Right. It's, it's not perfect. Like you can't right click it. You don't have like a, a deep option, like to a fork in incognito window or something like that. Like, you know, it's oh. there, there's, there's a limit here um, to you know what we can do with with the JavaScript APIs, and it still is actually a button. It's not it's not an actual link, right? So you wouldn't even know if you tabbed to it. Do we? You know what I mean? And pressed it there. It's not. We're not. We can't really communicate to you that. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, there's there's not there's not any any like direct uh, user feedback on it. It's just like th- this is something like a user education kind of thing, but. Uh, it's also something that we can enhance and, and figure out a, a better way to kind of communicate that to the user or or just, you know, uh, uh, put something in the UI so that they know that that's an, even an option. But pretty rad. And it's on production now, right? Yeah. I, and I, I would think some people are almost naturally experiencing it. That right. you're like, you know, like, I want to fork this, but I, but just in my head, I want to do it in a new tab. You might have muscle memory to do that, even though it never worked on CodePen. <laughs> so instead of disappointing those people, because I think the click would have still gone through, right? It still would have yeah. just forked it. It would just ignored your request. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's one of those like natural things that people just like try to do because, because of muscle memory, um, for, for working with links and, and other things. Um, so it's it's kind of an enhancement. Uh, it was never broken before, technically, um, but this just kind of opens up the the option uh, for users to to do that. Pretty satisfying. I like it. This episode of Code Pen Radio is brought to you in part by Notion. Notion is so great. Oh my gosh! You know it can do so many different things. 
that I don't think it's hard to explain what Notion is, but it's hard to pick like what the best thing is. And I think perhaps one of the best words is organization. I've seen individuals take Notion and do some incredible stuff with it. Organize their lives with Notion. You know, have like little personal OKRs or track their progress on things or do their calendaring in it or do their to-do lists in it and stuff. It's great at all that stuff. Just the beginning of the iceberg. It's just incredible what can people do with it personally. But Notion shines best, I think, on teams. And so when you're talking about teams and organization, I think it's important that people use the tool then. It's not just one more tool to throw at your team that already uses 10 different tools. And they're like, okay, now we have another one, I guess. That's not how it's ever worked out for me. And I use Notion on lots of different teams in a big way. What it does is it becomes the home base for your team. It becomes like perhaps the most important tool. And it's not replacing GitHub, of course. It's not replacing Slack, really. But it's replacing other stuff. It's replacing like your to-do things and your calendar things and your Google Docsy things and your your uh, uh, like project organization board kind of stuff. That's how it works out for us at CodePen is that like all of our active projects are in there and they're organized in there. Meeting notes are in there. Knowledge base stuff is in there. You know, it, content planning stuff is in there. And it, it becomes so important that it becomes kind of the first stop of the day almost. And like, what am I doing today? Let me check Notion because everything that's going on with this business is in there in the form of different types of documents and databases. It's awesome. Check it out at Notion.so. A couple of other things. One of them we got to talk about is the <laughs> weird messaging thing that you had to fight to get this to work just because of UX reasons. But another one is like there is actually a URL format for like essentially copying a pen and it's, we think of it as, the, I guess, the template API. I don't even know if you'd call it that necessarily, but if there's, if you're on a pen that you own, you'll see it in settings. But it's just kind of, you know, how any given pen that you own, you can just flip a switch and make it a template. That way, from the main menu where you're making a new pen, you'll have a little templates menu. And those pens that you flipped to be templates are just available there. So it's for people that are like, oh, you know, sometimes I work in GSAP or whatever. I'm going to set up a pen that preloads all the stuff that I normally do for a pen like that. So it's just less setup work. You know, I have a bunch of them. I have like, oh, you know, sometimes I just know that I want Markdown turned on and want some basic styles in place to style that Markdown. So I have like a Markdown template. You know, <laughs> Magically, it's very like unsophisticated system that does it. You just, when you start a new pen, there's just a URL parameter that's like template <laughs> and you put the the slug of any pen in there and it yanks all the settings, all the tags, all the code, all the resources, whatever for that pen and makes a new pen, but doesn't save it right? like a fork does. You have to save it because you might like open that template and be like, oh, no, that's not what I meant to do or something like that. So it doesn't force a save on you. Right. But because that is URL based, we could have made that work. We're just kind of choosing not to in a way because they're not actually forks. Forks have this other little distinction on CodePen of being 
we know if it's a fork or not. And there's so much forking activity that it gives us this like opportunity. For example, when you search code pen, forks are off by default. Because if they weren't, you're a search, a pen that like nicely matches a search, you might see like 85 of them <laughs> in search results. And you're like, that's not useful. So, yeah. if, you know, so it's, it's nice to know in certain circumstances what a fork is or not. Even in like code pen challenges, we don't show forks by default in the tag because it's like you'd see so many duplicates that were trying to show you original work in tags and stuff like that. It's very good to know. It's not like we're trying to hate on your fork. <laughs> it's <laughs> just the, the benefits of knowing whether a pen is a fork or not is, is pretty strong. Well, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of two different intentions. Like a, a template is, I want to use this as a starting point to, to build off of. Like the, this is kind of my scaffolding that I'm, that I'm going to build on. Whereas forking... A lot of people use it for just almost like bookmarking, um, which is right. which is not ideal. Like we don't we don't want to just store copies of a pin for somebody to bookmark. But um, you know that that's really what the uh, heart button or the love button is is for. Um, sure, that, or collections are or for. collections. Um, that that's a great way to like save a pin for later. Um, but forking is, is similar. There's all kinds of ways you can save a pen, but yeah, forking is a, is a funny way to do that. And we have all the evidence in the world that people do that exactly for that. Yeah. Like I, I want my own copy of this for some reason, not even cause they want a copy, but just cause they want to be able to find it again quickly. So they do that. And I, I hate to tell everybody this cause I'm sure you could disagree with our product decision. Although, wow, not a first. That was one of the reasons we moved it to the footer. It's like we're not trying to like disappear that function, but it, it used to be in the header and it was people just forked the crap out of stuff when it was in the header. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we know through user research, it's like, why are you doing that? And it was overwhelmingly like, I just want to be able to find it again. <laughs> You're like, oh, but we have three other first class citizen ways for you to do that. There was a lot of pushback when we made that change initially. It was. But, but people are people are used to it now. Like people that actually care about forking, they they know where it is and and how to use it but you know a fork a fork like there it's so much more than like a template like you want you want a a copy of it as it currently is you know like with with changes like i want to kind of um you know modify this existing thing to make it to make it something different um it's, it's kind of that that fork intention uh but yeah, as as i was digging into this um going back to like that initial problem of like uh did I fork it? Is is am I working on a copy of this or am I working on the original? Um did did it actually save um you know that that kind of unclear status of it? Yep. Um as I was testing it out, I realized our our messaging, you know, we have like the nice little toast messages that pop up. Um and we're supposed to have one that says uh you know forked this pin or or whatever, uh, pin forked. I think yeah, it, like I think a it says success event for your pork. Was it just not working? It it was not, um, and, <laughs> cool. and so like looking at the at the console, like when you when you clicked fork right before the page navigated, there was like this big error that came up in the in the Ooh. console, and uh, and so I was able to trace that down. Um, oh, right got, before the URL, because the page like reloads, so you wouldn't have right. a chance to really see that. Oh, that's funny. You'd think it'd end up in Sentry or something, but yeah, nobody's going to report a, 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 a user who's never going to be like, I think there should be a green toast message after, <laughs> you know. Uh, you'll never hear about that from a user, so you kind of either got to write a test for it, watch for the 
you know, some kind of error event in your error reporting stuff, or just <laughs> never know, which apparently we chose option three there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew it was supposed to be there, and I, I saw this error, and so I was able to, you know, suss it out. Uh, but our our whole, like, messaging system for, like, when the page actually changes, you know, we don't, uh, because the code base was built up, you know, over so many years, and um, things are still actual page changes they're not it's not like a full single page application where everything is just like ajaxed in and, and injected and all that yeah, um, so we, we don't really have like a persistence between one page and another um, so we have like a special little messaging system set up um, that somewhere along the way we were trying to inject like a, a actual like jsx um, rendered message uh, uh, and and things just got a little squirrely with how we were storing those messages. And uh, so I, I cleaned all that up and uh, found a bunch of duplicate code and unnecessary code. And like, it became this whole big cleanup where the, even the delete button, like that that uses that same messaging system because once you delete an item, you get navigated away back to your work or whatever and get a confirmation message that, hey, it was deleted. Um, so that that was broken too. Uh, so, you know, I fixed that and unified the delete buttons across, you know, pins, projects, and uh, the, like, action menu and, like, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, ain't that <sighs> the way, you know? Pretty much anything, you know, on on projects of a certain scale and age and stuff that you think you can just go in there and write if meta key window.open. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> No, just make it a link. A, a day no. project kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, pretty clean in the end. Like, uh, I guess by our standards, you know, could have been worse kind of situation. <laughs> you know, could have been either impossible or or such a major rewrite that it just wasn't in the cards or whatever. But it did it. I do think it's kind of a cool system. It uses local storage, right? Like it dunks it in local storage, and then it doesn't show it on the current page. But if the page, if another page loads, it looks in there and is be like, "Do I have any messages that you know, Code Pen of the past has told me to display to the user?" Yes. Oh, let me do that. It's a little little mini inbox. Um, in just inbox. Toast messages. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Kind of a cool usage for local storage, I think. Yeah. It's it's not a perfect system. Like you know, if you deleted something and navigated away, like you know, you might get that uh, local storage message. Um, in a weird place, or something. You know, days yeah. later or whatever. But <laughs> you know, it's probably uh, not. That would be weird to see. But yeah, I could see it. You know, if you like close the tab like really super too fast, the yeah. new one that opens or something like that. Right. It, it's it's possible. But you know, there, there's this. This is all stuff like you know, in in looking at it and how like forks work and how users are using forks. Like as we continue to build the product and and change things around. Like these are the considerations that we that we uh, take take in, into place and, and iterate uh, and make better. I've seen a, a you know apps that just chuck it in the URL. You know mm-hmm. the, the it's the URL just becomes question mark success equals true or something, and you're like tr- true thanks. And it's so <laughs> funny to mess with that. Or they put the entire user message in the URL. And then yeah, this this is a little it, a little cleaner. A little I think cleaner. It's a lot cleaner. Yeah. That that's kind of a, a cheesy way to do it. Yeah. While while I was doing that, like setting up, like I I we we had the existing local storage system, um, and it it was very basic. Uh, and 
I, I basically upgraded it a little bit. So now we can actually pass through like success or error um, messages uh, from from one page to another if if need be. Um, so it's a little, little more it's enhanced. It's the metal, right? It's just using the platform to do it. Cause I, mm-hmm. there's probably, I don't know, we could have used the database or something, but it's yeah. like, mm, you know, <laughs> not my favorite, you know, on the pages that are involved for the pen editor is still in rails. And we mm-hmm. do hope to change that at some point, but there's, you know, there's still some rails rendered pages of code pen. Rails had a whole thing for this. We used to use this all the time in CodePen. They were called flash messages. Mm. And it had a little special thing. And all, all the templates had a little piece of HTML at the top that was like, if flash message, then you know, show whatever. You could put whatever HTML in there. And we'd kind of design the HTML to have a little yellow bar that and the point was, you know, it would say like blog post successfully updated or whatever, because Rails was famous for like crud type of applications you know so all those flash messages were like success or error messages and stuff it was kind of a cool system but you know if you're not all in on one framework like we are not you can't use that stuff anymore right we we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to trigger those flash messages from react we i think we had like no, probably some, not i think we used like the same styles and and some complicated integrations to get like a similar thing until we kind of moved everything to these to these toast messages yeah yeah that's kind of the irony is that the kind of like the core of the pen editor is a rails render but not the header and not the footer and not any other little like little bonus stuff that we do when we move to those toast messages we're like we're not going to like write it twice so we just kind of force those to work in react yeah. Anyway, so close, so close. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks for the idea, Cassie, and thanks for the work, Shaw, because it, it does now work. Now it's our job to communicate it, which I guess this podcast will reach, you know, 17 of you. But if all of you tell your 17 friends and they tell their 17 friends, then we pretty much got the code pen code base covered, you know, user base. It's the power of multiples there. But no, really, we'll have to, you know, We'll update the docs and we'll attempt to call it out to some degree because it's, you know, people have muscle memory. Code pen's, code pen's old. <laughs> Y'all already know how to use it. So when we change it, we got to tell you. Yep, it's ingrained. Cool. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>